Hi, ladies. I am so excited to share with you that by the grace of God, my husband and I have reached a milestone this past weekend. We celebrated our 40th wedding anniversary. Some of you were with us for the celebration, and we were so happy to be able to share this with you. We love you, and we had a blast celebrating this with you. Some have asked, how did you do it? What would be your marriage advice to having a loving, happy marriage? Well, today I'm going to share with you five biblical principles to a Christian marriage that stands the test of time. Are you ready? Let's get started. Welcome to the Faith Lived Out podcast. Are you wanting to do life God's way but are unsure how or what that even looks like? Do you sometimes fear that you're doing this whole wife and mom thing all wrong and want to know how to do it right? Or do you want to stop worrying all the time and learn how to truly put your faith and trust in the Lord? Hey girl, I'm Nancy Adamson, wife, mom, and Grammy to seven sweet babies, Bible study teacher, speaker, and women's ministry leader. I see you and I get you because I've been there, and I'm here to share with you what God has taught me on how to find biblical answers to life's challenging questions in His Word, to know what His promises are for you, how to apply them to your life, and to put the cares and concerns that are on your heart safely in the Father's hands. So if you're ready to learn how to live out your faith every day, and follow the amazing plan that God has for you, grab your coffee, pull up a chair next to mine, and let's get started. Forty years of marriage. Even though I've lived it, I'm still like, wow, Lord. You did it. You held us together through thick and thin, through good times and bad. Ladies, I can tell you, it hasn't always been easy. There have been some very difficult times over the years, times of fighting, hurt feelings, tragedy that we had to go through, and even a time when I wasn't sure we would make it. But God never stopped. He never stopped working in our hearts. He never stopped showing us the way. He has been faithful every step of the way through the years to see us through. With God, we persevered. Now we are blessed to have a deep love for one another, to laugh together often, and to just enjoy doing life together. Looking back, I can see that there are five basic biblical principles that every marriage needs to stand strong and to build a God-centered, loving relationship. The first one is to do marriage God's way, not the world's. There are all kinds of books, seminars, blogs, and yes, even podcasts on various philosophies of marriage, what they think works and what doesn't. And there are thoughts on how your husband should treat you or the way he should love you and what to do about it if he doesn't. Many, with the worldview of marriage, believe that marriage is a relationship and that you should always have this immense kind of love feeling inside of you, that you should always have this feeling of blissfulness, 
that your needs and desires for your marriage should always be met by your husband, and that if there's a problem, it's probably his fault and not yours. And when you no longer feel that wonderful love or your expectations are not being met, well, then it's time to call it quits and to find someone else who treats you the way you deserve. However, this is not at all what God says about marriage, and he is the one who created it. He made Adam, and then he made Eve from Adam's rib and presented her to him as his wife. In Genesis 2, 21-24, it says this, So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed it up with the place of flesh. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. Then Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She will be called woman, for she was taken out of man. Therefore a man will leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they will become one flesh. From the very beginning of time, God had a plan for marriage. He created man and he created woman for this marriage relationship. So he is the expert on the subject. All that we need to know to have a loving, long-lasting relationship is written in the word of God. The help that you need to bring love back into your marriage, to fix what is broken or to mend hurt feelings will not be found in self-help books written by psychologists or the marriage counselors of today. However, what you do need can be found in the book written thousands of years ago by the one who created marriage in the first place. Not only that, but the Bible is the only book where the author comes with it. As you seek his will and his plan for your marriage, God comes alongside you to help you. He wants your marriage to be all that he has created it to be. And he is the only one who truly has the power to help you get there. All right. So principle number two is that God is the head of your marriage. He is first and foremost in both of your lives. In Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 5, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. We are to put God first before anything else in our life, even before our spouses, our kids, our jobs, our ministries, everything. He is to be our first love. And spending time with him and being obedient to him is our top priority. When you both put God at the center or at the head of your marriage, then you will both be having the same mindset and the same values and working towards the same goals as a couple and as a family. You can think of it this way is that you'll both be using the same playbook for your marriage. In Romans 8, 5 through 8, it says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, things of the Spirit. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. 
For the carnal mind is hostile toward God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Living according to the flesh or according to the spirit, these are polar opposites of each other. And one is hostile towards God and the other leads to life and peace. This is why God warns us about being equally yoked with our husbands, which means to marry someone who is of the same faith. Otherwise, one of you will make God and his principles a priority in your life, and the other one will not. Now, I know that some of you are married to non-believers, and this does make it a bit more difficult, but not impossible, because nothing is impossible with God. And God can work and will work in your marriage just as much as he works in anyone else's. So please do not lose hope. God is with you. Remember what it says in 1 Peter 3.1. Likewise, you wives, be submissive to your own husbands, so that if any do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. As you put God first in your life, your godly conduct can make a difference in your husband and may be what leads him to the Lord. All right, so on to number three is to work to become more like Christ. Pray for your husband, let God work in his life, but don't try to fix him. That's God's job. You focus on yourself and the work that God wants to do in you to make you more like him and the woman that he created you to be. Now, this is probably the only time I am ever going to tell you to focus on yourself, because usually that is more of a worldly thing when you put your life and make it all about you. But you are the only one who is responsible for your relationship with Christ and doing what it takes to learn his principles, and to become more like Jesus. Doing this has a ripple effect because when you become more like Jesus, then you become a better wife, a better mom, a better friend, all of it. All of that is going to change and to make your relationships with everyone who is around you better. In Psalms 139, 23 through 24, it says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. I know this can be scary, but ask God to help you see where you need to change and to be more like him, to put aside sinful desires and actions and to replace them with the things of God. Do you maybe need to learn to respect your husband more or maybe to forgive him of past hurts? Do you need to learn to be more affectionate towards him or to be more submissive to your husband or what even being a submissive wife is? Do you need to bring more peace into your home and less arguing? God can help you with any of these things or any other things that you are thinking of, seek for him to do a work in your heart 
and to make you the woman that he has called you to be. As God works in you and in your husband, both of you will become closer to each other as you become closer to God. This is often demonstrated in a triangle. And if you think of a triangle and you put God at that top point and you put your husband at one of the bottom points and you at the other bottom point, as each of you become more like Christ and have a closer relationship with him, you move up the line of that triangle towards God. And as you do that, you become closer to each other. So principle number four is to not compare your marriage to anyone else's. Your marriage and family life is unique to you. There are no two marriages that are exactly alike. In the same way that we have different personalities, we have different likes and different dislikes, we also have different marriages. In Genesis 2.24, it says, Therefore a man will leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they will become one flesh. Your marriage is not going to be like your parents or his parents. It's not going to be like your grandparents, your neighbors, or your best friends. Or heaven forbid, like somebody on social media. God takes the personalities, the strengths, and the weaknesses that both you and your husband have, and he blends them together to make one flesh. It is uniquely created for you and your husband alone and is unlike anyone else's. Comparing your marriage or your family life to someone else's will only lead to discontentment. In 2 Corinthians 10, 12, it says, For we dare not to compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. They who measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another are not wise. This is not a wise thing to do, ladies, and it's something that we do often. We compare our marriages, we compare our looks, we compare our homes, we compare everything to one another. And this is just not a wise thing to do because we don't see everything. No matter how well we know another couple, no matter what we think that we know about them or even some of the intimate details, we don't know all of them. We don't know everything about their marriage and we only see the parts that they allow us to see. We also have a tendency to compare the very best things about someone else's life or someone else's marriage to the worst things about our own. Trust me, there are just as many struggles and challenges in that marriage that you think is perfect that are in your own. You just can't see them because people don't show them, but they're there. So then principle number five, put your spouse before yourself in everything. And looking back of 40 years of marriage, this is the single most thing that we do for one another on a daily basis. The more we do it, the more we want to do it because there's just this simple joy in making that person that you love the most in your life happy and feel loved. Romans 12.10 says, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another. This is how we're to be as believers, and the very first place that we should practice this is in our homes and in our relationships with our husbands. 
After God, our first priority should be Him, our husbands. Even if this is just something simple, like giving Him that piece of steak that was cooked perfectly the way that He likes it, or giving Him the salad with more tomatoes on it because you know that He likes tomatoes more than you do. It is making the task that He has asked you to do a priority so that you make sure that it gets done. It is finding out what his expectations are and for any given situation and then doing what needs to be done to meet those expectations. I've talked to you before about the fact that my husband does not like to be late, especially for church. His expectation is to be there on time. So I do all that I can on a Sunday morning to make sure that I am ready when he wants to leave. So stop and think for a minute. What is it that your husband has asked you to do for him recently? Have you done it? Is it all taken care of? Did you do it in the timely manner that he needed? When you choose a piece of your favorite pie, do you choose the best piece for yourself or do you give it to your husband? I know that this flies in the face of what the world teaches or our flesh may tell us. And because we want to say, wait a minute, what about me? You know, when am I going to get the best piece of pie? But trust me in this and try it for a while. It is how God has called us to be. And I think that you might be very happy with the results. Even in the best of marriages, there are always areas that we can improve on. So think about it for a minute. Of the five biblical principles that I have given you today, Which one is God tugging on your heart to work on? Is it maybe to do marriage God's way and not the world's? To seek his wisdom for your marriage and not that self-help book that you have on the shelf? Is it to put God first and the head of your marriage, to put him first in your life and first in your marriage to seek his will? Or Is it maybe that you need to work on becoming more like Christ, to be spending time in his word and learning what it is that he wants to do in your life and the changes he wants you to make to become more like him? Or do you need to stop comparing your marriage to someone else or comparing your husband to somebody else's husband? And then lastly, do you need to put your spouse before yourself? and thinking of him and his needs and his wants before your own. There may be two or three of these that you could be working on. There is always something to to work on and to change and to improve in our marriage, no matter how long we've been married. So I encourage you to seek God in these areas today. There has never been a better time than right now to put these into practice and to help your marriage and to make it better. God will and does work in every single marriage if you ask him to and that you seek his will in your relationship with your husband. So right now, I just want to pray for you, ladies, and just pray for your marriages. Dear Heavenly Father, oh Lord, I thank you for these ladies. I thank you that they're listening today because 
They want to have better marriages. They want to be closer to you and closer to their spouses. And they want to have the kind of marriage that you have designed for them and that you have created for them, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would come alongside each and every woman who is listening, Lord, that you would help her, that you would lift her up and encourage her, that you would guide her and give her wisdom, Lord, in what it is that you want to do in their life and in their marriage. Lord, I pray that you would bind up the powers of the enemy that would work against this marriage, Lord, and that would want to bring it um, to arguing and dissension and just to pull them apart. Lord, you are victorious over this. And no matter what is happening in each and every marriage that is represented here, Lord, you are victorious. And you can come alongside of us and you do come alongside of us and you are faithful, Lord, to be with us and to carry us through the same way that you have carried my husband and I through, Lord. I ask this for each and every one of these ladies. Lord, I thank you for your wisdom. I thank you that you have given us a guide in your word on how to do marriage your way. And I just ask, Lord, that you be with each and every one of these women and that you guide them and direct them in your love. In your name, Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. I pray that God has used this episode to bless and inspire you to live out your faith in Him. If it has, please do me a huge favor by leaving a review on Apple Podcast. This is the only way that I know if you like the show and you will be helping others to find this podcast and be lifted up by the Word of God. Is there someone who came to mind while you were listening today and you said, ooh, she needs to hear this? Well, then send her the link so she can be encouraged too. Are you in the Dallas area and looking for a fresh new speaker to add excitement to your next luncheon, women's retreat, or other women's event? then drop me a note at nancy at faithlivedout.com and let's chat about it. That's nancy, N-A-N-C-I, at faithlivedout.com. I would love to come and meet with you and the ladies in your group. You're also welcome to visit the website at faithlivedout.com for more information, blog posts, journaling ideas, and free printables. Or become a part of our little community of believers by joining the Faith Lived Out community group on Facebook, where you can join together with other faith-led wives and moms just like you. Links to these areas and the scripture references used in today's episode are in the show notes. Ladies, thank you again for listening today, and know that I am praying for God to be with you as you learn to trust in Him more and to live out your faith every day. God bless you, and see you on the next episode.